This is referee Chris Sharp, and you are now listening to the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Ring the bell! Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's a special episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast because it's A, a Sunday, and B, we have a special guest we'll get to in a second. But first, I'm Jamal uh, Will Mahoney. There we go. A little technical difficulties as we get started. But yes, indeed, it's a very fine Sunday night here on the Big Gold Belt. And I'm very excited tonight because we have a very unique interview that we're going to do tonight. Uh, yeah, I hope so. Uh, two James is here also. How you doing, sir? What up? What up? Yep. That's uh, right into the point. I like that. Uh, but but now our special guest is referee Chris Sharp. You you should know him. You definitely see him. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? Good, dude. Good, good. Good to have you. Um, Heck yeah, is... man. This will be a different episode. Have you guys had the chance to talk to a referee before? No, no. You're definitely breaking that mode right now. I love it. Yeah, so um, this is this is... A lot of people know you as a referee, but um, obviously I know you as a, a professional uh, karaoke master. You have proven that <laughs> Commonwealth Cup weekend. <laughs> Check out that exclusive content on his Twitter page because um, that was something that night. <laughs> not, not my best performance. Dude, they wasn't feeling it because everyone was going up there singing all these classicals. But you said, forget this. I'm going up here and I'm rapping. I was like, yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> just, that should be a little different. I'd rather try and fail than not try at all. And you know, did you? <laughs> and then you was like, uh, I don't think these guys know what what these lyrics are. I'm like, I do. So Dude, I, I didn't either. The way that they came up on the screen is like one line at a time, but the other three lines are still kind of there. And it was, you know, it, was weird. it threw me off. It, I'm used to hearing. I can sing them myself all the time in the gym or in the shower or whatever, but it's a little different when people are watching. You go to his Twitter page to see what the song was, but who was the artist? Because I wasn't there. Uh, it was Tupac. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's the, probably the most 2018 thing I've heard this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but we try to go a little different with it. I, I went with Changes. Yep. Oh, yeah, that is different. So, yeah. A little bit different feel. I wasn't coming all too hardcore, you know? Yeah, yeah well, definitely, you know. You definitely were familiar oh, with the got, lyrics. I got, mean, even, got a, got even the way a, you did it. Got a chance to get a fellow referee on the stage with me, get him uh, introduced to everyone. It was a good night. This is true. This is true. Um, but uh, again, thank you for coming on. Um, I forgot how we got to this yeah, point, man. but I knew we were we were chatting once, and we were like, yeah, we need to do this. And then you were just like, but I want to wait. I, I promise you it'll be worth the wait. And sure yeah, enough, so it has. Just give me a month. Just give me a month. <laughs> and I've had a freaking crazy month. <laughs> crazy is an understatement, dude. Seriously. Seriously. It's, it's been amazing, man. Uh, yeah, we definitely want to start off by congratulating you on all the success. And I mean, I mean, by all by all metrics, not just, you know, appearing on TV everywhere you go. But I mean, taking a leap of faith and, um, you know, cashing in and. 
working here, working there. I mean, I mean, you're everywhere. Thanks, man. I, uh, you know, I, this is, this has been my whole life. I never grew out of this. Um, there have been time and time again where I've packed up and moved and packed up and moved and got real, real used to saying goodbye to friends and family and not being there for stuff. And I've just made this my life and I'm 30 years old now. I started this 15 years ago. I've been doing this for half of my life. Man, I started training wow. at 15 years old. And then I broke in and I started refereeing or managing or wrestling a little bit. I really wanted to be a wrestler my first few years, but I would take bookings, whatever I could get, because I was just starting out. I think it was still like even so like a year before I had my first match. Um, and all this time, now that I'm this many years in, I uh, still train uh, weekly as a wrestler and a referee. I don't really aspire to be a wrestler anymore. I'm very happy with the way my career's taken off now that I focus on just becoming the best referee I could be. And uh, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy that it's taken me from like literally learning in someone's mom's backyard to <laughs> getting to see other countries and stuff. And uh, I don't know, man, I, I do kind of feel like I'm doing stuff that not a lot of other referees do, not a lot of wrestlers do. And uh, I'm just going to keep trying to see what I can get myself into and that way by the end of this whole thing I'll have a really really crazy story to tell <laughs> I mean you're far from complacent I mean even now um you know working doing shows and um stuff for WWE New Japan you're still saying hey you need a ref come out at me and I mean that that shows a that shows a level of hunger to me that um every time I get a second I always want to congratulate you because like you just have not lost the, the will at all Thanks, man. I want it. Like I said, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to be great at this. I'm not worried about being better than everybody else. I'm not worried about being the best, but I want to be the best me that I can be. And I want to be the best team player. And I want to be on a billion shows. Just within the last month, I surpassed 4,000 matches on yep, shows. Yep, I want to bring that up. Yep, wow. you definitely hit a huge and somebody, and somebody was helping me figure that out. And for a while there, I wasn't too much of a nerd about that stuff and there's one point you know in time where i was like oh, i gotta write down everything and then i had to end up like backtracking <laughs> i got lazy with it but i'm um, really cool that i kept up with stuff like that because now looking back it's kind of amazing because i know a lot of wrestlers who have been doing this for a long time and obviously i'm not the one throwing my back down to the canvas all the time and stuff like that like they are so uh there's, it's not like i'm doing that what they're doing the same way but i uh I know a lot of wrestlers that, you know, have been doing this for 10, 15 years and they have really great careers and maybe have like half that number. So I do feel really blessed that I've been able to stay busy <laughs> for a sustained amount of time. The upside of getting to work more than a one time a night, I guess, compared to your typical wrestlers who are one and done. Absolutely. And I'm such a nerd for this stuff that I just study, 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 study. So after about three years of goofing around on the indies here and working kind of like whatever shows, I decided I wanted to do it for real. So I packed up and moved to Ohio Valley Wrestling. It was at that point when I was refereeing 300 pound, really like serious, like current and former WWE stars and stuff like that, that uh, maybe I should just stick to uh, refereeing. But I still took all the wrestling classes. I worked with Rip Rogers two times a week for oh, six years, boy. <laughs> and uh, I did all the stuff that he would have all the wrestlers do. I just I had a certain kind of hustle in me, and I liked the physicality. And like maybe a few times a year, there'd be some crazy storyline where I end up in a wrestling match as the referee getting bullied or something like that. But uh, 
Yeah, I just never, I never wanted to not do the wrestling part of it. I teach wrestling classes when I'm in Virginia now. I taught a class today. I jammed my thumb somehow, and uh, we opened up the garage door because it was super hot, and somehow a bee got under my shirt and stung me in the ribs, like right underneath my armpit. <laughs> what? And then, yeah, and then, and then, and then we just had to have four and a half hours of hardcore wrestling to go right after that. <laughs> Jammed fingers, bee stings, and you've—I'm sure—had Rip Time Rogers give you a tongue lashing. So yeah, just time <laughs> well, to start class. That covers all There's the bases. <laughs> yeah, you're about a second away from a paper cut now. I mean, all, all <laughs> the anomalies have just fallen into place. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love it. I stay busy. I want to do it everywhere I go, at any level, whether I'm working really amazing shows or the next weekend I'm working like a carnival show somewhere. You know, I. Uh, it's it's all great experience to me. Everything's different. Everything's, and as a referee, I got to absorb so much stuff so much quicker than the boys because I'm in there constantly with people that are on my level or if not way, way better. And yeah, at these days, it goes both ways. Sometimes I'm the most experienced guy in the ring, but I love that too because I have this wrestling background. I can secretly help these guys get through 15 minutes or whatever, and everybody's going to be safe, and we're going to get these people on their feet by the end of it and just stuff that I always thought, well, I might as well keep practicing this kind of stuff. Cause it's only going to make me better at being a referee anyways. And, uh, I'm glad I did. Typically as a referee on a show, how many matches are you doing? Like a night is it like two matches, three matches. It just depends how many refs are there for that show. Like, yeah, I would say most independent shows these days really have two, maybe three referees. Um, at these Nova pro events where I see you guys the other night, we had 12 matches, which is crazy. So we did three, three each. Yes. I was requested to do the hour long opening match with 13 finishes. <laughs> <laughs> to help make sure that this thing stays on track. So, but that's what I'm talking about. And that's super rewarding to me that they're like, hey, we, we kind of need you for this one. Yeah. So, and that's what, that's what I'm there for at this point. I do feel like I'm at a point where, no, I don't know everything. I'm, I'm ready to work with the best on a consistent level mm -hmm. and learn from them and try to just keep getting better every time. But I do know that I have a unique set of experiences and skills that people in this area don't have. And, I haven't actually lived in Virginia in the last 10 years or maybe even a little bit longer at this point, but it's still home to me. So I feel like I want to try to give back in any way I can. So, so considering that you did work that uh, pre-show match, which was, a, um, which was a dominant match and it did feature a lot of uh, talent who were just returning back to Nova pro yeah. and timing has definitely been an issue uh, with some of the shows, but that was really well paced and um and everything we, we was just crisp. needed to we just needed to literally fill just about an hour to hit eight o'clock for the show to start right um, right and i don't know if it exactly even started at seven but i know the match hit exactly its time and that is a big thing for someone trying to be a professional referee you're really kind of like a floor director you're in there to help make sure that this show kind of runs smoothly yeah, no, it definitely nailed right at eight. I was actually standing next to Mike, and I said, "I was like, dude, this was paced perfect." And he was he was very pleased. So I'm wondering what, when you're in, now. From there, I don't know what happened because that show ended up taking quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But hey, hey, man, some things are just gonna happen. Some of the guys are just kind of gonna want to do what they want, and uh. I mean, I ain't putting heat on nobody else, but all my matches went home on time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So in so, a way, you get to be the ringmaster and uh, keep everyone in line. And be, all right, you got to wrap it up. Got to go home. <laughs> exactly. Especially if you hope to work on television at some point, which I know I have a unique experience that I've done this a bunch of times now. When I went to Ohio Valley Wrestling, it was a smaller television, but we worked television the same way WWE talent was taught. And so I was able to pick up a lot of these skills really quickly. And I even say that there's a huge difference in doing a major indie show that's filmed well versus working for TV. And timing is a huge, huge part of that. And uh, for some people, I mean, I, I think that if you're a wrestler and you're given 15, 20 minutes, it's real easy to tell a story, isn't it? Because you got enough time to tell that story. But if you start getting tryout matches or maybe you even get a match on Raw, the things are often going to be a lot shorter than that. So you've got to know how to get yourself over, get your opponent over, and tell a nice little story in a very short amount of time. And that's why that was good practice for these guys doing that. And also good practice for me just to help keep things on track. Yeah, the execution was definitely there. Um, everyone, everyone left. Thanks, buddy. Everyone definitely left their um their perspective matches in a dominant match. Um, head up high. Every, everything was Chris. I mean, it was definitely the start of the show we needed. Yeah, and and it's a crazy situation. Anytime you've got even like four ways or five ways or scramble <laughs> matches or whatever, it can always end up being what we call a cluster. Oh yeah, and that that's the nice <laughs> so, name, nice way of saying that. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that's the PG version. <laughs> so. Let's take let's take a quick step back. You brought up Richmond a couple of times. Now, not too long ago, um, a show was ran in Richmond. Pure wrestling, uh, which was something that uh, you, the progressive liberal, and um, someone else, who am I forgetting? Uh, Jimmy Danger. Yes, yes, was firmly behind the promotion of that, which ultimately was a very, very um, successful event. Um, got a lot of media coverage and everything. You were definitely, like I said, one of the focal points of this. And at the same time, you're also, you know, preparing for that, but also preparing to go to the UK. Um, how do you how do you split your time like that? I mean, that's literally the, the alone to to you know to to run that promotion for that show to run for that promotion to run that show. Uh, coming back again and all the work you had to do for that, but yet also making preparation to another country. Like, how exactly do you split your devotion like that? So I want a lot to The Rock and a lot of Gary Vee. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you what, man. You know what? It all started it. And I like to think I'm a pretty vibrant uh, dude. And I just live my life a certain way where I don't really let stuff get to me anymore. And it took me a long time to figure that out. Um, but something that really helped is I was a debt collection manager. Okay. So I had experience kind of being a leader for a while, um, back and forth while I was uh, refereeing at OVW. And then when I moved to Florida, I uh, got a job doing it down there at a call center. And uh, one, I had to learn how to talk and stuff like that and develop those skills. And that was crazy and still very useful to this day. Um, but anyways, that's not what it's about. What it's about is they ended up moving all of our business overseas. So it didn't matter how good we were doing. They could pay other employees from Mexico way, way less to do the same job. So I lost a really good job. And what I would do is I had that extra money because a lot of times, uh, especially the first few years trying to be a referee, if you want to get your name out there, it's going to be really tough because it's even better now than it was 10 years ago, put it that way. But nobody used to give a crap about the referees. It would just be, let me book my cousin or a trainee or whatever. Or if somebody did care about good refs and you wanted to go from state to state to try to get your name out there some way, like the boys do, 
then you see what works for the people that are actually getting paid to do this. So you want to kind of model it and do it your own way. So i got to kind of walk a fine line with promoting myself as a referee. But really, I just try to keep it real. And it's just half of my promotion is really promotion of the promotion I'm working for and the people that are going to be on the show. So that ends up helping me out. But uh, even the good places that did care about booking good referees, they've already got their referees. And they don't need a fourth referee or something like that. So it was really tough for a while. And I just had to keep pushing and just keeping really busy. And when I lost my job, I said, well, um, and I couldn't even take unemployment because at the time I was just finishing up a visa process with my wife, who is British, who now has dual citizenship to finish up her thing. And if I was on some sort of government assistance, it would have looked bad and could have messed up the whole thing. So I was just Mm. put in a position where I was like, I got to make this wrestling thing work even more than ever now. And I had already done a lot of cool stuff, but being so busy with the real job, I just kind of mostly worked within the state of Florida. And there are a couple things that are really good there, and there's a lot that's not so good. And so I still, even at that point, wanted to branch out more. When I lived in Kentucky, I would go to Ohio or Chicago or whatever I could, more than just the OVW that I was there for. And uh, just had to freaking make it work, man. And it just took literally like this last year and a half of two years to where I felt like I really started gaining some real traction and I'm constantly working with the people that I consider to be the best in the world that aren't already snatched up by a major company that would Mm -hmm. prevent them from working with me and because I'm a referee I'm working with countless numbers of them at this point and I think it just took me a while of eating the crap and losing money and just doing what I got to do to get myself out there and get better and be with better people and learn from better people and always go to seminars and tryouts and contact WWE and see what I can do when they come around and just doing this for year after year after year after year and packing up and moving and all this same crap and it I literally just kind of feel like in the last like year or two it's really kind of paying off and now I'm going I mean I've been going back and forth to England for the last eight years but now it's on like much bigger shows and like mm. the, I got a group of great friends and people that really care for me and people that want to help me, you know, stay busy over there and stuff. So it's just, it's amazing. Uh, You just make connections. I think by busting your butt and being good to people and put yourself out there all the time and something will work out. But WWE is never going to have your number on speed dial. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're not coming (laughs) to these indie shows to watch what's going on. Yeah. Uh, And if you only stay in your area, then that's great. You could be the best in your area, but you're not proving yourself for getting your name out there against anyone else. Uh, and it's just going to be hard for you to attain what you probably started this to try to attain. I mean, a lot of tr- people lose focus along the way too. I mean, a lot of times it's their own fault. It's so truly a testament busy. to your character and who Thanks. you all the so, way around. So, uh, the progressive level, Dan Richards and Timmy Danger are putting together a show in Richmond. Richmond's my city. If something's going on and it's wrestling, then I want to be a part of it. Obviously <laughs> these guys are my friends anyways. Um, so I was going to intend to be the only referee on the match. Well, about two and a half weeks out, they had done all the hard work of getting a lot of sponsors. That was great. Um, obviously, they helped take care of making sure the building is covered, the talent's yeah. covered before we even start worrying about ticket sales. Yeah. Um, they did. They acquired the building. They got the ring. They did that introductory hard work, but they hadn't sold really any tickets left yet. They had a couple media things lined up, but immediately I messaged like eight different news people. I was like, all right, I'm jumping on board. <laughs> and we're going to freaking sell this place out because I've got my family coming too and I want them to see a good show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, we got it out there. And I think the official number 
well, I don't, I can't say official because it's roundabout, but it, it was roundabout 485. Now, there are a lot of people that ended up just like, like going up to the bar afterwards and drinking and stuff and watching through the window every now and then. But that's cool. They already came in. Yeah, yeah. You see us. <laughs> so 485 was the official number. We sold out online the morning of. They ended up putting our results on the news the next night like it was nice. a sport. It was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, But that was only one show. So, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say anybody can do it. But at the same time, kind of anybody can do it once. So we've got our next show scheduled for September 7th back in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, at this point, I, and I'm sure we'll get into this a bit more a little bit later, but I'm going to be out of town yeah. while that's happening. So I'll actually miss out on that. Oh, so but I'm involved, sure it'll be great. Going to be involved or promoting it remotely from uh, across the pond? I am. They want me to help make like graphics and videos and stuff like that. I taught myself all this stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy. I just wanted to get involved. And as a referee, I can't sell merch, or I could, but I might look like a goof. And there's a time where I'm sure I've done it before, yeah, but I've just kind of grown up from that now. I'm a little bit older and a little bit wiser, and how I feel about it's different. But i got to find other ways if I want to make money off of wrestling other than just the show. So I had to learn to make posters or I make videos or whatever, and people PayPal me and stuff. And it might be for promotions I don't even referee for, but it helps every month. Every little bit that can come in can can add up and pay the bills one way or another. It's yeah, great. It's still me making money off of what my passion, yeah, what, it's, I'm working, it's, what I've been working hard to do. It's guerrilla marketing, <laughs> and whether you're refereeing and counting the three count, or you're a a hot dog for uh, Adam Rose, I saw on your Instagram. <laughs> a, a couple Back of the times. Day. <laughs> <laughs> I was parking cars last Rose. <laughs> yeah, I did do that. Anything to get into the business. Dude, I mean, I'm and, and again, I'm just thinking about this. Initially, upon trying to trying to get the show, like you just like, okay, just wait. And now I'm just like, all right, okay, they got the Richmond show that this did really good. I couldn't make it out to it, but everyone's raving about it. Um, how good it was. And a lot of good um media came from out of it. A lot of media pressed for it. Next day, Monday Night Raw. Oh, I know that guy right there. <laughs> <laughs> then you just look over. Then it's one thing after another. UK UK Championship Tournament, the NXT UK, Rev Pro, uh, the, uh, the um, Strong Style Evolve. I'm like, um, <laughs> I was like, just throw all the notes away because at this point now, we, we, <laughs> we, we, it's so much new stuff coming out. The, the, the stuff that I was going to use like a month ago no longer is even important anymore. Well, dude, I appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, you've put me over better than I deserve and better than I can. So that's awesome. Thank you. And yeah, it's crazy. And it's freaking awesome. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I literally, I try but, to, I try to take congratulations every time I can. Cause it's, it's motivation. You know, it's not, it's not obviously my trajectory in life, but to see someone to literally, you know, reach out and just keep taking more steps ahead and ahead and ahead in their dreams. And it's like so damn evident in your face. I mean, you have no choice but to give the guy props. That's hard work. <laughs> I mean, never, never did I think growing up that I would do New Japan and stuff like that. Get real. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and you know what it is? And I don't want this to come off in like a cocky way or whatever, but I really think that I have just try to stay on track and work real hard and be good to people and always help other people out and be happy instead of jealous of their successes. And I just kind of feel like maybe this is a little bit of good karma coming back around. And it, it just feels good, man. Just for, on a human level, it feels good. Absolutely. 
Now, Chris, I want to ask you a question about refereeing itself. Uh, it seems to be yeah. a thankless. It seems to be a thankless job. Uh, you're kind of the conductor uh, of the orchestra, making sure that everything everybody hits their notes and stuff. How much of the match do you know about before you go into it? And when it's time to go home, you know, what's the uh, you know if are there problems with the communicating to wrestlers like that you know want to do their own thing or I mean, we've seen matches where it kind of got out of control. You kind of ask what happened. You know, how much of that is on the referee and how much of that is on the wrestler? Cool. Well, let's go ahead and break it down. One, thank you. That's awesome. Two, I don't mind that it's a thankless job. I think that it's a very uh, – I don't think it's a thankless job in the back. I think the boys really appreciate someone that's busting their butt to help them out and just make this story that we're trying to tell better. And that's what I try to offer rather than just being somebody new at this who ends up really just kind of being the way and something else on these guys' plates on the indies that they have to worry about all the time. The referee is like an extra worry, whereas I can really help you out, uh, whatever you need, <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm going to be there to make sure that we go on on time or that I give you as many time cues as possible so you know where we're at and you don't have to guess and think and worry about stuff. And I'm going to do it in a calm manner that keeps you calm instead of freaking you out saying two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Because <laughs> uh, sometimes I literally have to tell people to breathe. Just breathe. Just breathe. Take your time. You got this. Yeah. Here you go. You hear them? They're coming up. They're starting to come up. They start moving a little bit. And really guide them through every little thing. All right, now put your right hand down. All right, use your knee to get up or whatever, you know? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Now, there are a lot of times where if it's some, a, lot, a couple of – I got a dog barking in the background. Sorry. <laughs> no there one is telling to jump where, on the show, too. We got questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of times where it's newer people, and I'll probably want to know everything that they intend to do. Whether we do it or not is also different to me. There will be a lot of times where I feel confident enough with whoever I'm in there with to offer a change of plans. Maybe okay. the match that they planned was comedy, and it's just not that kind of crowd tonight. They're not getting with it, and if we're going to save this match, we've got to change it up. And that kind well, of stuff me... happens quite a lot. And, okay. and, and if I can just jump in there real quick. Um, and and so, sure. and, I, and I would imagine because of the fact that, you know, potentially – you may not, this may not have been your first match that you ref that night. So you already have a sense of what the crowd is feeling or what they may need at this point. Yeah. So, or you can just you, hear them. Once you've been doing it a while, you can just hear them cheer at the beginning of the show. If it's like high pitched voices, it's going to be kids and families. If it's deep okay. voices, they're going to probably want to see a little bit more violence and just good wrestling in action. It, so, so is it always a clear concisiveness of like no. what the crowd is? I mean, because I, I can no, already imagine like a Nova crowd and a Richmond crowd is totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. So we just offer a different show. Okay. But you go to a show where you start filling up 10 and 13,000 people or whatever for a Monday mm -hmm. Night Raw, then you're going to get a little bit of everything. A lot of it's really right, going right. to be families. Yeah. And because their kids wanted to come or something like that. Um, and then you're going to get the, us adults who just love it. And we're going to go anyways, too. But, but we're going to be vocal about different things. So even then, you've got to really just find a balance. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Jamal. I mean, okay, so, so I'm going to ask you about, uh, you know, specifically, you know, Yuji Nagata and, and Walter. And you have <laughs> awesome two guys match, that right? obviously. Right. So you have two guys that know each other, you know, that know, you know, the ring inside and out. Uh, is that more is that harder to referee? 
or because you know you can just cruise control, just give them the cues and keep them moving, or is it more uh, important for you to make sure that this high profile high profile match goes off uh, flawlessly? So that match, you're dealing with two professionals. They're probably going to do just fine and know and have already kind of, if they got a certain amount of time, you can probably count on them to do what their job is. And uh, there's like no pressure on that show. Just super awesome. Sold out. Just a good night to work up a good sweat and rep your butt off. (laughs) (laughs) And just really try to be tight and there for everything and animated without taking away from them. It's not about me. I'm just a little background character. So anything I do is really going to try to be subtle anyway. I'm not going to be like, oh, God, that was a crazy move. You know what I mean? Unless they're like deep in the match and the submission and I'm like really getting in their face. So I'm only kind of like matching their emotion. And it was just fun to bounce off and play off of because these guys do so many cool little detailed things. I think that's the difference anyways. Wrestlers who do details. I mean, think about it. You can pull anybody off the street and teach them how to do like, like an arm drag, right? But there's a reason why you like seeing Ricky Steamboats or Mickey James more or uh, whatever, right? <laughs> uh, so it's <laughs> all the little detailed stuff. So that breaks down to us referees too. Some referees oversell a lot of moves. Some referees just stay in the corner and don't really offer too much to it. Some are all like trying to get in like too close and like check on them too much and almost in a way that they're trying to make it more about them. And really, we're just a, like a supporting role. And that match was really easy for me to just go in there and be a supporting role. And, uh, you know, we hit, I'm pretty sure we did great on our time. And, uh, yeah, that whole week was fun because <laughs> some of the guys obviously speak a little bit of English. Um, I speak zero Japanese. Earlier in the week, I taught two wrestling classes with my brother-in-law, Chris Silvio, over in Pisa, Italy where maybe like two or three of the guys knew some English and they, you know, they aren't necessarily fluent or anything. So I had to almost kind of learn two languages that week, Mm. but because the people I were working with were so good, it really, there wasn't as much of a factor as you probably think it would be. So So how do you, real quick, Will, how how do you not get lost in the match as a fan? You have the best seat of, of anybody in the house. You're literally in the ring with them. And you have to, uh, you know, for all the work that you have to do, it's easy to get lost as a fan when you see a guy like Ricochet do a 630 three feet in front of you. (laughs) He's awesome. (laughs) I've done a few of his matches now. He's amazing. Uh, You know what? Because I treat it like every single time that I'm out there, it's like an audition to be asked to come back, whether that's a small show or WWE. And so I'm alert, I'm focused, uh, and I want this. I'm not here to goof around. I'm here to show, hey, one day, if the opportunity comes up and the stars align, I'd love to freaking headline your WrestleMania, <laughs> right? <laughs> but so I've got to be the best every time I'm out there. I d- we don't got time to be messing up anymore. I've gone through my phases, and then it's not going to say I'm not ever going to mess up again. Of course I am. That's how you learn and grow and get better every time. But... uh it's few and far between now because I just do the best I can to help out and be there. And at this point, it does often end up being on a lot of these independents where I happen to be the more experienced person in the ring out of the three of us. And so really, I'm trying to stay focused to help them out. I'm not just always watching so much anymore, I guess. 
And I'm sure when I was younger, like the first few times I worked with names or whatever, you know, they probably got caught up in it a little bit. But now I get caught up in it emotionally because I'm so invested in what we're doing to help freaking slap that mad heart at the right time. You know what I mean? And just get people to buy into it a little bit. And it's got two amazing dudes whooping ass and you got a really crappy ref. It can really take down the quality of a match. And... uh if you got a really great ref and you got two green guys, it could really help save that match. Oh yeah. That's what I was wondering about. So, I mean, you got really the op, the total ends of the spectrum or like one night you're doing Nagata and Walter, where you probably just got to give a couple time cues, just kind of be where be in position where you need to be and not yeah. much else. Let them, let them drive the car and you're, you got the best seat in the house to the other end of the yep. spectrum where you probably got your local little indie shows where you got two green guys and maybe a month under their belt each, and you probably got and, a whole bunch of their hands call the, the whole way through. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they get to. Yeah. So you straight up got to like call the match for both of them and pretty much like like spoon feed them through however much time they got to get where they're gonna go. Absolutely, man. Whatever it takes, because it's really no different than when I'm helping to coach at these wrestling classes. Anyways, I'll say, go ahead and feed up to your left. You know what I mean? I might have to tell him every little thing. Wow. Uh, don't walk him to the rope. Just squat down and throw him from right there. Give him a go. Hold up, Chris. We're, you're cutting out a little bit. Chris, you're cutting out a little bit in there. Oh, there, I think he might be back. All right. Uh, sorry, are we back? There, I'm here. Is it? Is it? No, no, it's not. It's not. If you wanted to be you, Will, it could be you. <laughs> Will, Will, you're, uh, Will, Chris, you're uh, cutting a little bit. Of, you're cutting out completely in the air. We got everybody. There All he right. is. Ah. Uh, we're, we're back. That's that's some material you're gonna have to <laughs> you have to give us again. <laughs> you there, buddy? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. We thought the dog got you. Oh gosh. <laughs> so let me just let me just wrap this up actually by saying it's crazy that we can be out there and literally have like full conversations with each other and work each other through, through step by step what we need to do to get the objective accomplished and half the people wouldn't never even know. So so you did mention the language barrier um, could sometimes be an issue within training. Well, what about um, actually being in the ring reference as far as calls being, you know, coming into you and then you actually having to translate that over to someone else? I just read exactly what I hear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, right? And hope, and hope, and hope for the best. Yeah. Now, I, I do have uh, more of a, a technical question. I actually want to come back to something else, too. So uh, you, 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 you do say that, you you know, you want to you want to put on your best show because you always feel like you're, you're auditioning, which is a hell of one hell of a mentality. That a lot of people need to actually um, um, 
take with them everywhere, especially within the rest of the world. Especially as a wrestler. I mean, you can't always expect to just come out and hope that everybody knows you. You've got to come through that curtain with some real fire or something. I mean, seriously, I mean, I, 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 we seen it at the No Reproach Out show. I mean, literally, some people didn't have their music. Some people didn't have all their gear. Just like, this is a trial show. You want to be on this roster, you need to have it all together. You, and then you come through the, through the crowd, um, through the curtain. Yeah, and you got like, we know who you are because you yell. Like, uh. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, with that being said, uh, not only do you have to put on a professional wherever you work, but I, I want to know how do you translate that of what you do? And some of these promotions, some of the big time promotions, but how do you take all of that and then present a resume to WWE? Um, at this point, my story is kind of interesting because I've put myself out there for quite a while. I've happened to work with a large portion of their current roster. So it just, it, I mean, it helps people that, uh, you know, were fun to work with back in the day or willing to reach your hand out sometimes yeah. if they know that you're not going to mess their name up and you're going to work hard and do good for the company. And uh, every now and then, obviously, you see Monday Night Raw or SmackDown every week. There are always a certain amount of extras. These are local wrestlers hoping to get noticed or maybe one of these days get offered a tryout, a bigger tryout or a job. And uh, sometimes they get wrestling matches. Sometimes they're you know, security or whatever or a hot dog. <laughs> and uh i think if i think if you're just kind of i think especially these days more than ever it seems wwe is just paying attention to what's going on out there and who's at the top of their game and consistently traveling and working with the best around and mm. so when opportunities come up these are going to be the people that are more likely to be on their mind mm. network people stay friendly and and, and it's, <laughs> it is always good to have a friend in high places it seems <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, just just be a good dude and yeah. show that you're not going to be so weird that these people don't mind spending 300 days a year with, around you. And just Absolutely. always be just always be good to people. It can be so genuine. Yeah. And uh, you don't got to, like, backstab anybody or anything to get to the top. I offer every referee that asks me advice, if I think I can help them, then, yeah, I'm going to tell them everything I possibly can and try to be, like, a mentor to these people. I don't look at, at it. Then sometimes you go to these wrestling shows and some of the referees are can be very selfish or they want all the big matches or whatever. How mm. many main events have I refereed at Nova Pro? Zero oh. in the last year. I always give them to Todd because he ah. needs that it, experience. Interesting. I, I was nice. strangely enough, I was about to say last night, then I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, man. Uh, I just go where they need me, where they could use the help, such as that hour-long 13-finish gauntlet match. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not trying to, you know what I mean? So I'm not yeah. trying to be selfish with it. I know I can yeah. help these people, and I just feel like if I am a good person and I keep working hard, then it's going to work out for me anyways. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty much our philosophy here on the show, too. We 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 always try to just network, and we're all friendly to everyone, and it's, 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 it's no status quo or anything in any and or any level of you know working with someone or having someone on or anything, it's, this is and that's fun. And I let th- you guys go as far as you want. You should yeah. be interviewing the WWE champion one year from now. Yeah, that would be press passes be damn great. WrestleMania. <laughs> that, going be... all the press conferences and stuff. But it's totally up to you guys. You just stay on the same page and keep being good to people and put yourself out there like you're doing. And shoot, man, who's to say you can't go over the all the world with what you're doing, following your passion through wrestling? 
no doubt and if, if anything your your clear motivation for it like all the way heck yeah man i'm just so, a poor little boy from mechanicsville who didn't have any toys and all the the hebners uh were friends with my grandma in high school so they would give me like wrestling vhs toys and magazines and stuff like that and for a while that's all i had man my parents and my grandma and stuff they did the best they could and Things got better as we got older and stuff, but I just never grew out of it. It was just wrestling, 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 wrestling. <laughs> Talk about a, the the ultimate in to become yeah. a referee. <laughs> yeah, My God. <laughs> the stars align and grandma knows the Hebners. I mean, uh, yeah. you couldn't have a better front door to get into the business as far <laughs> as refereeing. So I was just saying uh, I knew my family had close connections with the Hebners, obviously le legendary pro wrestling referees and all around good guys in the business and uh but i just i kind of wanted to make it on my own which coincidentally uh around the time that i started uh earl and dave Hebner were no longer working for the world wrestling entertainment anymore anyway so <laughs> they weren't able to help me out there so um so current 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 people uh current referees now that you kind of are a fan of or kind of look up to anybody that's signed right now to major company Oh yeah, I mean that's clearly gonna be yourself, and God knows very soon. I hope so. One one big question is when you do get that email, or that uh, call, or however it is delivered, knowing that you're gonna work another uh, historic event and being in the UK Championship Tournament and or on the launch of the U the NXT UK division. I mean, what 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 ultimately goes through your head? Here we go. All the hard work that I've done, that I've put in for all these years, it really just means that the real work starts now. Does it seem real yet? I mean, these are they're huge milestone, none the left. Yes, there's still work to be done, but this is huge, you know, to be part of something uh, from the start. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is a, this is no better opportunity could have been presented to me right now. If if there's a chance that I could be on that show a lot more often, um living over there like i said earlier my wife's formerly british we're gonna go try to give things a try in the uk for a little while now let her live with her family for a little while and it just feels like i could be in the right place at the right time and for me as a performer i feel like it's the next evolution of what i need to be doing to constantly get better to kind of be working with those people on a consistent basis absolutely yeah the um the UK launch for WWE has been a good long time coming. I mean, God, it took over a, a year to get off the ground now. And I, I was thrilled to see that they have all these tapings lined up. So it's finally going to start getting them a, some momentum over there and uh, yeah, get that whole thing rolling finally. Because <laughs> for a while it's okay. We got this champion, but other than uh, Pete Dunn appearing, you know, here and there on some NXT shows, it was just kind of like thrown out there with no real direction. Now it's finally going to have like, a real direction and a real like you know feel to it that other than just well, like the staple of like talent yeah and to that point i think they did they didn't want to throw a whole show out there with no real direction and i think that was more of the bigger uh one to focus on just to make sure that they've got the talent that they want enough of it i believe there's a lot more talent that are a part of it that haven't even started having matches on the shows yet so they're ready to deliver. They're ready to deliver something big, um, something different. Uh, I think that there's a ton of talent in the UK that I've been working with for years now. Literally out of this last tournament, we had 18 people 
uh, I had worked with 16 of them at least twice. And uh, just from getting my butt out and around while I'm over there, too. Shoot, man, I'll, I'll treat the countries like I treat the states where I just want to go to them all, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, so go. I just go and work, at, work as many places as I can. And for a while there, I've just I've seen how good these guys are. And the shows themselves are amazing. I mean, it's not super often that you go to an independent show in the U.S. where there's a giant crowd, one, uh, like a real entranceway, or like even like real medical people to help you in the back if you need it and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, that's just a whole another level of professionalism. And I think, as a whole, yeah, there's some stuff that's not that great, just like anywhere else. But as a whole, like almost all other dudes and girls, look the part and act the part and wrestle the part, and are just kicking butt and have waited and fought so hard when they had nothing to fight for, to try to keep their towns up in their local area and get as good as they could without constantly working with everyone else. Uh, here in America that's working with the major companies all the time. And uh, they just found a way. So everyone that helped get that off the ground, the ones that are a part of uh, NXT UK and the ones that are a part of the upcoming world of sport and the ones that even aren't but did their job for years and years to help make this happen, deserve it. So there's a lot going on over there. And I think uh, either way, and especially with the other stuff that came up, you know, obviously working for New Japan when they come over to the UK is a huge deal to me. Mm. Uh, but I think just all around, there's a lot of opportunity over there right now. And it just kind of feels like right place, right time for me that I happen to have a lot of unique experience, be super hungry for it. Uh, happen to know all of the people that currently work there. And uh, maybe I can be a part of it more often. It really shows how... Um... The world is really getting smaller in professional wrestling. When you got New Japan running the UK, WWE running the UK, New Japan running California, yeah. WWE opening like a straight up territory in the UK. It's like yeah. everything's connected now. And it's just going to mean, in my mind, it's going to mean more work for everybody. If they're trying to run yeah. all these different spots at the same time, you got to have different crews to fill all these different spots. Yeah, and wrestling as a whole is getting better last few years. Like, is it back to how it was in the 1970s and 80s or whatever, where it was sold out, all these thousands of people every week? No. But it's gotten better since I started in it. A lot better. And if you're willing to do a lot of the stuff that's worked for me and put yourself out there and promote yourself in a positive way and don't get involved on anything stupid on social media, <laughs> just you know what I mean? And uh, just keep putting yourself out there that there's enough to go around right now. And, uh, yeah, it's freaking awesome. This is last year and this year, like the craziest years in wrestling yet. All these company mergers and uh, partnerships and stuff like that. It's it's helping us all out. The houses are up. We're able to get paid more um, so that we're able to support our families on this and thus be able to not have other kind of jobs and do this more and actually make a living at what we're trying to make a living at whether or not we get offered this TNA or Ring of Honor or WWE contract or whatever, it's really cool to still be able to say that you're a pro wrestler or a pro wrestling referee who yeah. travels the world, and this is what you do. This is I've been actually just about today. wrestling as a whole. And, and wrestling as a whole, yeah. you've seen a lot of wrestling for a long time. Uh, you've been in the game for a while. What's the biggest change 
that you've seen in wrestling from 10 years ago? And what's the biggest change you would like to see wrestling go in, in the, within the next 10 years? Um, I feel like it's a lot easier to get noticed now. And the real main thing of that is, well, I guess it's kind of two things. Two, I think people are more accepting of who gets into the business, sometimes to a fault, um, bringing a lot of people in who probably shouldn't be in. But uh, I think it's easier to get in, and I think it's easier to get noticed because of social media. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't cost you anything to film these promos all the time and get yourself out there. And a lot of times, that's going to get noticed way more than your match that you did even in front of 400 people at this really awesome show mm -hmm. that two weeks from now... They're like, what did it do for you? Did you get a great video of it? Are you sending it to places? You know what I mean? Like, what's the call to action here? Um, whereas if you can get everybody sharing your uh, personal stories, and a lot of that is people are more accepting of the journey now, too. I don't have to pretend I'm a superstar or anything like that. I can just cut it straight and say, hey, I think I got a really cool story just telling you guys my journey and what I'm doing to try to make it still. You know? Uh, and I think that entertainment changed um people's attention spans changed and for a while that created for some chaotic wrestling and stuff but i think now there's like a lot more reality obviously the reality tv or mma and stuff like that and people have what they think is a better idea of what's real so it ends up affecting what we do for entertainment as well and uh i don't know i think we're doing a good job of keeping up with the times and i think we're doing a good job of putting like wrestling wrestling back into wrestling and uh there, yeah there are jobs all around and you just got to work hard and go out and get them putting wrestling back into wrestling that sounds like something rip rogers would say <laughs> he probably would <laughs> he definitely would but i love the I'm show. Sure. i love all the show stuff i'm a big theater arts guy i did all that stuff in high school and middle school hmm. and then uh, right after high school i didn't go to college but i did like local stuff and I just, I, I love that kind of thing. So I'm a real show guy, too. Right on. <clears throat> so about a match, uh, you're, you're in the back, you know what match you're going to be working, and you get the description of it. How do you know uh, what a if a match is going to, do you know if a match is going to do well before the guys go out there? Uh, let's um, say for like younger guys, more green guys. And, and what would yeah, you so, do? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you can say, oh, man, I've really freaking got my work cut out for me in this one. All right, time to hustle. And then a lot of times you just see, like, man, this is going to be awesome. And there are a couple of times, sometimes you really don't realize how awesome a match is until you, like, watch it back later or something, which I really don't even find the time to do as often. I, I used to do that pretty religiously just to study myself. And I'd, like, I'd listen to it with the sound off and just see if our body language was good enough to demonstrate what we're doing and all kinds of stuff. But... And I probably should get. I, I watch everybody else now. I don't always go back and watch what I've done. Sometimes. Mm. Does your but, approach uh, change at all when you when you know that a match may be more uh, challenging to present to the fans? Yeah. Um, sometimes you just get weird booking. You know, uh, a lot of these kind of like independent shows don't always have ideas that make the most sense, and you just kind of gotta make chicken crap and a chicken salad <laughs> <laughs> i was you know wondering I mean? yeah i was wondering that as as you as a referee especially like if it's on a show that's not as well run or, or like you're kind of the voice of experience there do you really gotta at times like kind of 
assert yourself and be like, look, what you're trying to do, we need to do this a different way because it's just it's going to look silly or, or like to protect your own interests so you don't look silly as an official to be like, look, someone's got to distract me so this can happen behind my back. You can't just, you know, the protection. Sure. Yeah, but that, that, that's not even a big worry. I'll just tell them, hey, all right, cool. Here's how we do that. You, you need oh, to accomplish okay. this spot. I got a good one for that. We'll do this. So then this guy distracts me or I'm distracted by whatever. And uh, that, I don't worry about that kind of stuff. Um, it's really like more like if you think they're going to go over time or you think, shoot, man, sometimes these goofball indie guys just like really don't like each other. And you might have to worry more about like how hard they're hitting or or if you know something crazy in the match is going to happen, like somebody's diving off of something and there's potential for real risk and injury there. Uh, So I guess more of those kind of situations I would worry about. Otherwise, it's just kind of like, Hey, it's game time. We don't have time to worry. We just got to make this the best we can. And, and if I'm on a smaller show, yeah, sure. If something's really, really dumb, then I'm going to say, hey, no, we shouldn't be doing that. We've got kids in the crowd. or You know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that. Or if I'm working for a major company, it's not my job to care what the storyline is. That's a totally mm. different situation. I'm just there to do my job. I don't have to agree with it as long as it's not like killing a baby or something crazy. You know, I just don't want to be seen a part of. It's still going to be within the confines of wrestling here. And even as the referee, I'm still just playing a wrestling referee. So uh, it's not really about my thoughts or my opinion or my ego. I'm just there to make it work. Yeah. So I was just going to say, so uh, again, you still have bigger and more aspirations and um, and goals you want to achieve. Um, yeah. where, where are some other countries that you haven't tapped into? If there is any. So I think I, uh, I think it was in the next like few months here. I'd like to go do some Germany. Okay. That'd be cool. There's a really wait, cool one in Switzerland. Uh, wait, wait, if I can, if I can just take a step back, I'm not Sure, have you? I know we talked, but have you announced uh, what what your future plans is within like the so, next month? Yeah, so get this. Uh, I went to England for three weeks. That's how I ended up doing what all the stuff you're talking about, the New Japan, WWE, and all these amazing independent shows that I could list and list and list. But I digress. So I just kind of went there on a whim because I was sick of not seeing my wife for the last six months and I was in the right place at the right time and all these amazing things happened. And then I was like, okay, well, we've had a really great trip. I got to take her to Italy with me. I taught two classes in Italy, pro wrestling. Uh, And then we spent like a day before and a day after there um, just to do some tourist stuff and have husband and wife time. And then we were like, hey, we had a really good time. It's probably not even going to be that sad this time, even though I probably won't see you again until like Christmas. And then the day before I left England, uh, someone after I've been reaching out to a bunch of different companies that are reputable and have a lot of experience doing this sort of thing. And basically it's a lot of hoops that you got to jump through sometimes in order to do this whole thing, the correct way, the legal way. And I happen to be offered a new work visa for three months and I'm able to go pretty much right back. So I'm going back in two weeks. Nice. So it's not, it wasn't a sad goodbye this time. (laughs) I went from one day thinking, man, it's going to be another six months before I see my wife face to face again. Just <laughs> crappy connections on Skype when till the dog gets me. Yeah, <laughs> till the dog gets you. <laughs> so yeah, you said and Germany. Now I'm going. Now I'm going right back over there. So yeah, Germany would be a cool one to check off the list. I'd love to go back to Italy. 
that was amazing. Wild Boar Wrestling, Scully Italia Wrestling. Uh, awesome school out there. Alex Flash hooked it up. Um, welcome back anytime. So maybe I'll go and hit that up for a week or something while I'm over there. Who knows? Um, awesome scene in Ireland right now. Uh, Scotland's got uh, ICW. They're awesome. Ireland's got OTT, Over the Top Wrestling. They're awesome. They're kicking butt in Dublin. Dublin's just an awesome city anyway. So I got a few friends that live there now. It's nice having friends everywhere, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because just <laughs> as a person and being able to travel, I love traveling anyways. I'm, I always watch, uh, like, world documentaries and National Geographic and stupid stuff. I watch that more than I watch, like, TV shows. It's either yeah. wrestling or something like a documentary every time. I'm a super nerd. And it's nine times out of ten, it's wrestling. Especially these days. I'm so in the zone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. So I'm going to try to treat those countries like I treat the states and go all over. Yeah, I mean, you've already done uh, and have been affiliated with WWE, um, the uh, NXT UK division. And um, their live taping tickets are on sale. And, and sounds like some of those places you named, there might be tapings there. So who knows? Yeah, I know that they're coming back to Cambridge in about two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, so I mean, that ought to be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> would like to see my guy on TV again, you know? It would be nice. It would be nice. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start announcing some of the stuff that I'm going to be doing over there on my social media and just have a little fun with it. And I always promote the shows I'm on anyway, so I'm not like, check out this major announcement. Oh, yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah, somebody yeah, special. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like to promote it, obviously. And when I promote some of the bigger shows, there ends up being a buzz, so that's fun for me. And... uh I'm actually missing out on some cool stuff. I'm missing out on my good friend Michael Hayes' wedding. He's coming to Richmond September 7th to fight in the second show uh, that Timmy Danger, myself, and progressive liberal Dan Richards mm -hmm. are booking. And he's fighting against Timmy Danger. I might have spoiled that one. But uh, Michael Hayes, uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling Champ, amazing athlete, just the man. Look him up. You'll be yeah. wild. Um, so I fully see him getting way out there more and more. So I wanted to throw a line to him. Plus, he let me live with him for quite a while. He's just a really good <laughs> friend. So I'm going to miss his wedding. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm going to miss... Um, there is an amazing company near Knoxville, Tennessee. Actually, different area of Tennessee. But uh, called Next Gen Wrestling Tennessee. They're tearing it up these days. I go for them every month. They're doing a live taping. Or, I guess not a taping. They're doing a live uh, stream show Same. with mm -hmm. Impact Wrestling. So I had to turn that down. <laughs> uh, I had to go ahead and say, hey, I can't make that one anymore. And that's rare for me. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. But this is a little different. I'm going yeah. to the other side of the world. Yeah. And I'm missing out on the Progress U.S. tour. Oh, that's right. Which was yeah. going to be quite amazing. But I have a feeling that I won't entirely be missing out on Progress altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yes, being so, that you've worked there and there's, you know... They are they're from out, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like the most fun because it's like really just like gritty, good wrestling, but also just like that crazy, like, uh, crazy energy kind of crowd where they're just so into it on a whole different level. And like when you're working your butt off for 20, 25 minutes, refereeing a big old tag match or whatever, working everybody's working hard, busting their butt, mm -hmm. working up a sweat, and the crowd's just keeping you so motivated into it the whole time. They're not dying, they're so with it, yeah. And it's like that every time. It's it's an addiction. It's great. 
Yeah, he definitely he definitely um spoke about that in another interview about um just the scene there. Everyone just they everyone brings it. The fans, the the the, the new workers, the um, stalker people that's been there for all that. That's not yeah. just on WWE. They do that at all the shows. It's awesome. Yeah, that's a goal to definitely get to a progress show over there. Hey, but you know, when you got friends over there now. <laughs> that's true, man. Come through. That's true. <laughs> hey, but this American tour is going to be sick in August. They're literally yeah. over the course of like eight or nine days. They're hitting Philly, Boston, New York, Detroit, we'll, Chicago, we'll and Seattle. You will be in Philly. We'll, we'll definitely UCW be there. UCW Arena. That's right. That's yeah, right. We'll be hey, there. hey, I got I got knocked out for a good three or four seconds by Rick Steiner in the ECW Arena one time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that. Wrong end a little of the referee line. Po- little, little, uh, yeah, kind of. Little uh, schmoz, crazy show. Get this little side story. So there's this group called UWF TNA where they partnership with TNA back in like 05, 06, 07, right when I was starting out. Maybe even into 08 a little bit. I don't know. But Hermie Sadler, the NASCAR driver, ran the shows. Mm-hmm. It was wild. <laughs> and for one of the matches in the ECW arena, they had the Dudley Boys versus the Steiner Brothers. And I don't think I was the referee of the match, but it ended in just a big brawl, and they were fighting up on the entrance ramp and stuff like that. And I ran out with other referees to, like, hold them apart. And Rick Steiner just leans over like he's going to punch Bubba Ray and forearms me right in the side of the head. And I go down (laughs) only for, like, a good three or four seconds, but he got me good, man. (laughs) So, ECW Arena, bro. (laughs) He's hardcore. There you go. I was, like, 18, 19 years old or something like that. It was awesome. Sheesh. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah go check out progress man yeah It'll i mean it, i i missed it the, the um last year when they went up to new york jamal did go for that but um yeah, I, was, I was in new york last year um for both shows and um i'll be in brooklyn yeah. this year i mean not brooklyn i'm sorry i'll be in philly this year philly but i say what <laughs> that's awesome we took we the tore new it up down in Tuesday, new orleans so. We tore it up down in New Orleans at WrestleMania weekend this year. Yeah, I don't, I, I wasn't even going to bring that up, but I can imagine you really did have probably no sleep considering that there was show after show after show after show, and I'm sure the demand was there. Feels great to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. So I'll, so I'll never complain. And I'm a weirdo, man. I never sleep anyways. I'm up all hours of the night watching wrestling, <laughs> eating blueberries or something crazy and playing video <laughs> games and then trying to get a little bit of sleep getting like five hours and waking up the next morning just ready to go whatever it is i just make myself go do something to stay awake and i'll, I'll be times where i'm just dead beat in the middle of the day and i'm just like i gotta keep going because especially now that i'm in town and especially now that i'm in town for a limited amount of time i gotta be a family man too i got yeah. my parents that i well you know after this like if i keep going back and forth all the time you know I'm not always going to have a long period of time where I'm living with them again. I'm living with them right now because it just made more sense to do this Mm -hmm. instead of staying in my apartment by myself while my wife's holding down the fort in England right now. Yeah. Got a nice house in England. Beautiful. (laughs) Uh, Can't wait to live in it. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) Can't wait to visit. That's the most important thing. But I did it, man. I did what I came over there to do, and it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster. But these last three weeks have been really, um, I think some of these times will end up kind of, de- I don't know if defining me is the right word, mm-hmm. but shaping me maybe mm-hmm. to even grow. And I feel like I've leveled up. I feel like I've leveled up as a performer, and 
I, uh, I also feel like it took me a while, but I'm starting to show that I'm leveling up in other people's eyes too. Yeah. Which I think is also a good goal. You know, obviously just do it to make yourself happy, but it's nice to be recognized and have people say, Hey, when we start having these bigger shows, this is the guy. Yeah. So here we go. Time to stay on these bigger shows. Definitely, congratulations, man. Um, it, it, yeah, from everything you said, that's it, it's a lot of work from the moving, being away from your family, being away from your wife, the sleepless nights, the long travels, and it's and it's and it's all good, man. People ask me like, how do you make your relationship work? And I was like, because you, because I have to. I have to. <laughs> bad, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that's life. It's like, well, yeah, and this is just the cards we're dealt, and it's only temporary. It's not forever. Is, yeah. it, is it great? No. Is it ideal? Not at all. It sucks sometimes, but we're adults. We get it. Yeah. And my wife used to be a professional wrestler. Yeah. I don't know if you would have ever heard of the Blossom Twins. They worked for TNA mm -hmm. for a year, and they started off on the yeah. British boot camp. So yep. they, she, she knows the deal. And yeah. she was stopped wrestling a few years back, but she's so supportive of me. I got her to come oh, yeah. and her twin sister to come to the New Japan show. I think they might have gotten on the yeah. edge a little bit. So we'll see where it goes. <laughs> They had a blast. Is... I did too, and uh, I think I think honestly for them it would be a really good time, really good scene over there right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, since you brought that up, I, I wanted your wife and her sister, twin sister, are bloggers, and I saw a couple pictures from uh, the seventy-two hours in Pisa uh, yeah. on their on their website. So yeah, we got the one with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the, the traditional uh, goofy tourist picture. Uh, very, very good job, Captain Morgan uh, leg holding up that uh, the tower. Yeah. But since you travel so much and you know really have a part of the business that uh, people don't really understand because it's not presented as a part of the business. Again, you're said it yourself. You're a person in the background. Have you thought about vlogging since you're, that's what your wife does? Have you thought about you know, you know starting a I YouTube did, channel or? I do have a YouTube channel. I don't really do so much with it these days. It was really for a few years there just to put up cool stuff I did every once in a while or just kind of put up whatever. Or usually if I did something silly, like I ended up wrestling a match against another referee or something like that. I have a bunch of that stuff on there. It would be too much for me to go through and try to find every match. Plus, a lot of these places started doing their own uh, streaming devices, so they'd rather you go through that to watch their content. And I'm not well, sure. But, but one thing I missed but, but is... As far as Kevin Steen's weekend. Oh, say, but as far as yeah. vlogging, I did this for a few weeks. Uh, as soon as I lost that job, I picked up the camera and started recording. And I only recorded, I only did it for like four weeks. And the first one was kind of weird. And then I felt like the next three showed some really cool and interesting stuff. And I broke it up into like little highlight videos and little interviews with people and stuff like that. I interviewed Rip for like five minutes on one of them. Just something quick, getting to some good questions. And then uh, show some of my travels, some of my sites and stuff. But you know what? Whenever I got to the shows, the real meat of what I wanted to put out, I ended up being so busy that I couldn't actually record. And I don't got like a camera guy following me around or nothing mm -hmm. like that. So a lot of these yeah. times I'll drive these long ways all by myself. If no one else I know is booked on it, I still got to be there. But I just couldn't give it the attention it deserved. Yeah. Um, but it was like, yeah, it was cool that I tried it out for sure. Um, and writing... Nah, maybe not. I do. I wrote <laughs> wrestling TV before, and that was a, a freaking nightmare sometimes. 
I wrote TV at OVW with Cornette for two years, and I wrote TV at OVW with Al Snow and a few others for two years. Mm. Wow. So that's another way I got really freaking good because I knew exactly what they wanted out of each and every person on our show. And mm. then I can act as an agent and actually be in the ring to help make sure it gets executed. Mm. So that makes I a found lot of a sense. To, yeah, I just found a way to weasel my way into everything a little bit. <laughs> As, as, that, but uh, that was an, that was enough writing involving wrestling or travel or anything for me. I'm totally good if I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you were writing TV with Jim Cornette, I mean, that's like a master's level class in writing pro wrestling television. So it'd be hard pressed to get much much uh, of a better experience than that out there. Yeah, I mean, no offense, but how do you not get good in that position? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> sink or swim. <laughs> yeah, you're handed this amazing opportunity. For me, I've got all kinds of weird stories about stuff that I've done outside of refereeing that have helped me in wrestling like that. And uh, I don't know, man. I just uh, I had no choice but to absorb all their freaking knowledge. That's good. That's good. Student to the game still, and all of the things are paying off as it is. Because I'm um, freaking work for WWE for the next 20, 25 years. And then when my butt gets old and can't get up and down anymore, maybe I can help them put together matches. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually when you get signed, because it's clearly got to happen very soon, because um, we're going to just put that out there now. Don't forget about <laughs> your little old friends over at the Big Go Belt podcast, because we definitely need to uh, re, 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 uh, do the show again. Re, I never re- do, man. I never forget. Re-cat. Recap. Ho- hopefully next time I'll have to ask somebody's permission first. Right. <laughs> and then they say, yeah, go ahead. Go talk to them boys. They're cool. That's awesome, dude. So anyway, um, again, uh, so you're going to be leaving um, the States in about two weeks. Is that correct? Yep. Two yep. weeks so in I now. leave here on the 24th. I get there on the 25th. I'll go ahead and spill a little beans now because I'm probably going to put it on my own social media tomorrow. So Boom. maybe the we'll scoop. save any posts about it. I'll post about it tomorrow. But whoever's listening right now, you can hear. So I told you I'm not going to miss out on progress entirely. The day that I get there on the 25th, I'm getting off a plane in Manchester. I got some crazy way of getting there. It's like literally Chicago to Montreal to Dublin to Manchester or something, but I just wanted to hurry up and get the cheapest fly I could. And when you're only buying them a few weeks out, you mm-hmm. kind of press for options. So I did what I could and I got some crazy flight. And then the day, the morning that I landed in Manchester, I get there like 7.30 in the morning. Probably gonna take me an hour to get out of the airport and show immigration on my papers and get my bags and all that stuff. Get the tram all the way to my house with my wife, pick up my referee gear that's over there, drop some stuff off, hop on a train to London. And get ready to go referee for progress. I think it's chapter 73, Midweek Matters. That is awesome, dude. <laughs> right to work. Fresh off the so plane and be, right into the office. <laughs> and we don't got time to be tired either. We're going to ref our little heart out that night and work hard, <laughs> hard for them boys. If they're working hard, bumping their butts off, there ain't no reason I can't slap that mat hard. I hear that. Or or take a bump because you, you've done that. Whatever's really needed. Too. Whatever's needed. <laughs> no job is too big and no job is too small. If you need to park a car, you'll park a car. Wear a hot dog suit, you'll wear a hot dog suit. <laughs> I think I just think this is how you make it, bro. I hope I'm right. <laughs> you, you're definitely doing some things right. That's for sure. So, uh, 
So anyway, uh, for anyone who definitely wants to be in the loop with everything that uh, the referee Chris Sharp is up to, can you give them your social medias? Yeah, man. Just hit up Ref Chris Sharp, S-H-A-R-P-E. Got a little E on the end there. And uh, it's the same thing for Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. That's really all I have. If there's others, I don't have Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> kind of felt like that one was more for the kids. Get yeah, a older I, now. Agree. Yeah. And I tell, and hey, a little side note. I tell wrestlers all the time, well, you got to get this stuff. It's going to be an easy way to put this stuff out there. They're like, oh, I don't like posting on it. I said, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't have to post real life stuff. Just post about your shows you're doing. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, your audience has it. That's right. Rise words there. Yeah, definitely. All the um, social medias will be in our descriptions for the show. I um, mean, you definitely want to take a, take a look into it, too. There's some interesting things from the sightseeing in the different countries to the promote the shows um, and promotions. He's getting ready to work. Amateur um, photographer. <laughs> Amateur yeah, landscape yeah. and uh, architecture photographer. Hey, you and your wife are taking some great pictures, dude. I mean, again, the, the pictures in Italy was awesome. I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. But you get a you get a whole bunch of that. Um, and also your uh, the things you do in your downtime, you know, the hiking and all that. All that stuff is there. So, I, you know, I live it up, bro. I climb mountains, literally <laughs> I climb mountains and I'm climbing a uh, mountain up to the top of this business. If I have to <laughs> No <my oxygen>. <laughs> give me the heaviest backpack, throw it on my back and watch me just keep working until i pass out guess what we ain't passing out we ain't passing out because we keep the cardio we're prepared <laughs> that's my guy right there hey dude again i know i've said it over four times already today but the fifth time won't hurt but congratulations on all the success and it's damn good same, to see a friend same, on tv to all of you uh, we, yeah, we appreciate it, you. man. You're everywhere again, and and it's definitely a, a warming feeling to seeing. You know, like I said, we have to we have the sidebar talks at the Nova Pro shows and everything you want to do and so on. But you know, well, it's nice we, to sit down and actually talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was definitely something we wanted to do. So uh, we 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 kind of booked this out about two months ago or a month ago. So we'll be seeing you for your checkup in about two months. Let's do it. That sounds <laughs> perfect. And we want to see that beautiful house of yours you're talking about. I got you. That'd be a great, it'll be, that'd be a great exclusive. It'll day. be the UK wrap-up show come the end of the UK tours. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm, I'm going to be there July, well, I'll end July 25th, and I come back October 17th. So I've got right. quite a few things that I got lined up, so we'll have another fun little episode. All right. Awesomeness. Sounds good to me. Um, so for Chris Sharp, thank you for joining us and um for the Big Go Belt podcast. Everyone that's tuned in, uh, thank you. And um everybody's reached out and everything. I uh, we appreciate it, and we will catch you guys for our next episode soon.